Thanks for joining us for another God-inspired message from C3 Church Monash. Connect with us online at c3monash.org.au and we hope you enjoy today's message. Hey, I want to, um, as we come around this, um, sharing around this this great organisation that we're partnering with as a church, and this is why we asked Mitch to come and why Tam went on this, this trip, is that we wanted to partner with IJM as a church. So um, out of the combined generosity that we bring as a church, we're able to give out of that space towards organisations like IGM. And But one of the things, I'm going to say thank you, because otherwise I'll just keep flowing and I need to be focused. But let's thank our worship team, please. Phenomenal. Um, all right. So, uh, but what I wanted to do was just again help us align our thinking and understanding around why we do the things we do. So for Tam and I, one of the things we felt that we can bring as, as the senior leaders um, of the church in this season for the church is, is how can we continually help us align why we are doing what we're doing um, and align things like our giving, why we give, with what we're actually trying to achieve as a church. Um, many people will give to church because that's what they've always done. And God bless you. But I want to align our hearts so that we can be fully engaged in this so that when we talk about giving, and we don't talk a lot often about giving, but when we do talk about it, we're not thinking in the concept of you giving to the church. So sometimes when people talk about giving, it's like, yes, I give my tithes to the church. What I need us to capture here is you are the church. So you're not giving to an entity. You are an entity. Together, we are a community. And through our sacrificial living together, together we are able to achieve things for God and his kingdom. Which is very different to I work over there nine to five, Monday to Friday, I slug it out, I hate it, but at least I get to do something with my money. No. Monday to Friday... Nine to five, you can live a life that is constantly reaching out in love. There are people in your workforce and in your workplace who need to know the love of Jesus and it's in you. And because of that, you're able to succeed in your career and you'll be good and working hard and God will bless you and God will give seed to the sower. And then the sowers come and we celebrate that and we come back and together we communally sacrifice in order to do things with our finances to reach others with his love. Because we are not a church trying to do something. We are a community trying to become something, which is his church. So together, we are becoming Connected to him and one another, we are growing to be more like him so that we can reach others with his love. And our giving is a part of that. So, quick, really quick. Uh, <laughs> my wife just raised her eyes. Ah, that's good. I will be quick. Raised her eyes. She didn't raise her eyes. That would be actually impossible. It was her eyebrows. They went up. If her eyes went up, we'd be concerned. But... Uh, what is giving? So, basically, if we're to look through the Old Testament around tithing, the concept of the tithe, you can draw really three themes out of this. It was about worship and lordship. Okay, so it was about putting God first. It was about honouring him as king. 
which ultimately then has to do with trust, that you trust him, right? And this is before the Mosaic Covenant. This is long before that. This is with Abraham and Jacob. They had a heart after God and they trusted him as king. And the way they showed that was through giving their tithe. That was one of the way they worshipped. The second thing was it was about generosity. By doing that, they would become a people that were set free, all right, in their generosity and could be a generous people, the Israelites and Jews, to the community, to the world and to the community internally around them. And then, but also then had to about, again, about communal commitment. Again, this was not just the generosity of an individual. This was a communal activity that represented a community work. Jesus comes on the scene and really just takes along that, that space again. So when he talks about tithing, he, he talks in the space that they were doing it good, keep doing it, but you're doing it with the wrong heart. You're forgetting the reason that we do this. And so he realigns them. But he does not stop saying that you should honour God with your finances. He goes beyond that. He comes to a rich young ruler who says, what must I do? He says, go and give everything and follow me. Now, Jesus is not saying for all of us that we need to give everything all the time. But we can't say he's Lord and give him nothing. So it is about lordship. But it's also, that's, not, that's, that's, that's the first step, so that we can be free. So it becomes about generosity. So Paul, in his letters to the, to the Corinthian church, in 2 Corinthians, we'll read this really quickly together. In verse 6, chapter 9, verse 6. Okay, so remember this. The person who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. The one who sows, the person who sows generously will also reap generously. Each person should do as he's decided in his heart, not reluctantly or out of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make every grace overflow to you. He's talking about finances there, grace. So that in every way, have always having everything you need, you may excel in all good works. This is a lifestyle of generosity. This is a heart that is free from the care of finances, the care and fear around finances, so that we can live generously. Who likes going out to dinner with generous people? Yes. I see some of you. I won't mention names because they'll be embarrassed, but they are very generous when you go out to dinner with them. I love that about people. To me, that means they're not afraid about money. They're free from that. And this is the goal, right? We want to be free. For a freedom Christ sent us free, set us free in every area. But again, it came back to the purpose then of the church that they would have this communal commitment together. And the Acts, the book of Acts, it was insane. It said they gave all their needs. They, they, they cared for the poor. They cared for the sick. And they looked after one another. And this is the purpose. Again, it's about our communal commitment. So... When we talk about our mission of reaching others with love, and when we talk about organizations that we will partner with, IJM or Pastor Joshua, who will be with us next week in C3 Indonesia, these are ways that we can meet immense need and together can make a difference through our communal generosity. Okay? So we don't often talk about giving because we assume that everyone's involved. Because we're all part of the community and the family. So we won't do a weekly tithe message. Anyone grow up with the weekly tithe message? You feel the prod? We're going to do that. 
Because we're all beautiful, amazing, faithful stewards of God and what he's given to us. Because after all, all we have is because of him. And together we will faithfully serve our mission. And we have a great leadership team and board that will faithfully ensure we're spending money on the right things. Good. Amen? Amen. Amen. So, this is why we're here. To celebrate the way that we can reach others with love. And when uh, we first started talking to Mitch from International Justice Mission, this is something that just hit our heart really quickly. And so it is an area that is uh, immensely troubling. As Tam said, it can feel like immense darkness. But this is an organization that with the partnership of the body of Christ is seeing God's light come into these situations. Not just in rescuing, but bringing justice. And God is a God of justice. And so we are very, very glad to be able to partner with him. So I'm going to pray for us. And then we're going to ask... um, Anyone here that may feel like they need to go, particularly kids under the age of high school, we're going to encourage you to go and hang out with some of the team, and we're going to talk about this great work. So, Father, we thank you for what we are able to do together as a small but powerful community here, that we can partner with other people and organizations that have your heart to see your kingdom come and your will be done in this earth. So, Lord, we pray in advance for Mitch as he comes to share. We pray for all of our hearts to be open and ready to see, Lord God, not just the challenge, but the hope that you are bringing. And we pray for a settled spirit in our hearts as we come around this important issue and need here today. Amen. Amen. Well, kids, team, can we get ready to help those that are going to be going off? Thank you, sir. Very good. Awesome. We need some like um, elevator music. Which is good. Yeah. Now, as little ears are more focused on the things they're going to get to do together, um, again, there may also be people here, just, just to be aware that this, this is an area where we're talking around um, areas of exploitation, um, in particularly in the area of sexual exploitation. So if that in you would trigger anything and you also feel like you'd like to step out, that's totally okay. You will be zero judgment here. We all come from different places, but we do want to hear how we can partner. So, Mitch... We honour you. We thank you. You've got 30 minutes, irrespective of what that thing says. 20 minutes, sorry. (laughs) 20 minutes. But uh, you're a good man. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Pastor James. Everyone give James a big hand. And Don't you have incredible pastors? James and Tam Edwards. Aren't they amazing? Can you just give them another hand? I'm a little um, OCD, so I'm going to need to give those to you. Um, but uh, hey, great to be with you this morning. Good morning. Um, it's an honor to be here. And uh, I, I have to just get it off the bat straight away. I am a, a big Canberra fan. I, I, that really should have got a bigger. I mean, you're, you know, you're from Canberra. I, I'm, just, I'm encouraging. I'm a big Canberra fan. I love Canberra. Canberra's amazing. And give Canberra a big hand. <laughs> 
It's beautiful. And uh, I, was, I was actually at C3 Watson only, only three weeks ago uh, doing a very similar thing. And so I love Canberra once again leading the way in, uh, in, in this fight. And, uh, and it is an honor to be here. As was said, I'm on the team uh, up in Sydney at C3. I've uh, been, been at C3 all my life, well, since I came to Christ when I was 15, so it's three years ago. Um, <laughs> no, it's 17 years ago. Can you believe it? And James and Tam were some of my first youth pastors uh, back in the day. So, so it's just so nice to be here. It's like feels like family. And, and But I'm, obviously I am here to represent IJM, who I've uh, been working with for the past couple of years and, and did have the honour of going on a trip with uh, Tam just, just uh, last month to Cebu, which I will talk about a little bit more in a second. Um, but to start things off, because I know many of you may not have heard about IJM or, or know the full picture of what we do, who we are. And so I do want to play just a little video to, to kind of set the scene and give you a bit of a framework to, to, uh, to help you understand a bit more about the work we do. So uh, team, if we could cue that now, that'd be great. Thank you. It stirs us to look beyond what is and imagine what could be. Yet, for the problems in our world, hope alone does not guarantee change. It takes hope in action to do that. Right now, millions of children, women, and men experience some of the worst forms of violence every day. Violence that forces families into slavery, locks women in rooms to be used for sex, exploits children across the internet, and makes homes unsafe and abusive. You'll be slapped, you'll be kicked, you don't have the power to fight back. If you do so, you know that eh, the gravity will be more than what you were given before. This continues because perpetrators think they can get away with it. Our hope will not stand for this. For over 25 years, International Justice Mission has been strengthening justice systems by partnering with local communities to investigate crimes, rescue victims, convict criminals, and support survivors through healing. Sueño, las víctimas ya no estén buscando un sistema de justicia y estén sufriendo en la, esa búsqueda de justicia, sino que la, el sistema de justicia se acerca a ellos y las protege y las resguarda y las cuida desde las etapas tempranas. We're a team of advocates, lawyers, counselors, government officials, survivors and supporters who are building the future of protection, unified in the hope that one day soon everyone will be safe and free. We're transforming lives of individuals and communities. All the work we're doing through casework, justice system strengthening, survivor empowerment, the advocacy, lives have been transformed. The more people we reach, the more transformation we shall see. This is a global movement of justice, prioritizing the protection of people from violence. Building a world where Traffickers cannot enslave. Systems of justice serve every person in their communities, and hidden crimes of abuse and exploitation are brought to light, so that survivors can not only hope for safety and freedom, but expect it. That judge immediately said, he's 
proved guilty. I was scared before, but when he was taken in, I said, wow, I feel free. I felt I'd got that freedom, total freedom. If millions of people come together and make the dignity of the individual the preeminent issue and protect their bodily well-being and their mental well-being so that they will not be exploited anymore, the entire world would be a safer place for everyone. To those who are unified in the hope that one day soon, all people in the world could be free from violence. Together, let's courageously engage in the work of justice today and relentlessly move toward a safer tomorrow until all are free. Proving hope in action is the most powerful force in the world. And with it, justice is unstoppable. Amazing, beautiful, thanks guys. So that gives you a bit of a snapshot about who we are, what we do, and um, yeah, and so, so IJM is, is essentially the biggest anti-slavery organization in the world, but we don't just focus on slavery. We really are tackling all forms of violence against uh, the poor. There's, uh, I've got a, a few slides up here. There are currently, uh, what we say, 8 billion people in the world, about that. 5 billion people of those 8 currently live in what we call a justice gap. What that means is that 5 in 8 people in the world right now do not receive the benefits of a working justice system which means if they were to be in danger, call triple zero, there would be no one on the other end of that line. That they don't feel that sense of protection that they should get from a working uh, justice system. That, this makes people in poverty uh, particularly vulnerable to common violence because uh, where, where there is no sense of protection, criminals feel like they can thrive and get away and there'll be no accountability for those crimes. Slavery uh, right now is one of the worst forms of violence against people in poverty. Uh, there are 50 million, the number just got re readjusted, there are now are close to 50 million people held in slavery today, 50 million people. Uh, one in four of those would be children. And so uh, for me, I'm a young dad. Uh, that particularly hits, hits home for me. Uh, 50 million people today currently held in slavery. Now, when we think about the term slavery or modern slavery, we, we might have a few different connotations of what that means. And, and really, it has quite a broad uh, spectrum of what slavery can look like. It can look like uh, people trapped on, on fishing boats off the coast of Thailand or on Lake Volta in, in Africa. Uh, it, it can look like uh, people's uh, whole families in, in the brick kilns or the textile factories of, of South Asia and India. Bangladesh. It can look like scamming centers in Cambodia. It can look like, uh, uh, particularly right now with the Ukraine crisis and, and the war happening uh, over there, a lot of women and children are crossing borders. It can look like the classic sense of what we see, in, particularly in Hollywood, in movies of, of sexual trafficking, human trafficking, uh, which right now, because of those uh, wars happening, we're seeing that spike in, in pretty rapid rates where women and children are, are crossing borders to train stations, bus stops, and there are traffickers there uh, posing as, as, as aid workers saying, hey, come get on this coach, get on this bus for uh, shelter, for food, for safety, and, uh, and then and they get trafficked just like that. Uh, one of the worst forms of slavery uh, that is, is uh, really quite horrific is what we call OSEC, which stands for the Online sexual exploitation of children. And uh, part of the trip we went on to, to Cebu is, uh, was particularly what they focus on is this kind of casework. And what that is, is the live streamed sexual abuse of children. And particularly, uh, a staggering amount of those perpetrators are family members, uh, parents, uncles, aunties, uh, older siblings, 
uh, uh, what is particularly horrific is often we think about that and we go, okay, well, you know, that's something on, on the other side of the world and a little bit removed from us. Can I tell you it's not? Uh, this one particularly is very close to home. Australia right now sits as the third highest consumer of that type of content. This is particularly close to home for us. And so slavery has a whole bunch of different uh, forms it can take. We work in about 27 countries uh, across those different caseworks. And I do want to let you know, because I know that uh, Indonesia, which you're going to talk a bit more about next week, uh, we just two weeks ago got official registration uh, to open up our Indonesian office. So <laughs> praise God for that. Very exciting. Um, and so the way we work is we do, we do rescue and, and restore, work to restore and, and rescue as many victims uh, out of these situations as possible. But it doesn't stop there. And this is why for me, when I came on board a couple of years ago, it was particularly uh, the, the differentiation of, of IJM is it's not just about rescue and restoration, as important as that is. Uh, it's not just that. We also, we, we help, to, we, we work alongside uh, through the court system, training judges, lawyers, investigators, building cases to actually bring those criminals to justice, which is so crucial. And I'll tell you why, because the more that happens, the more that sets a precedence that criminals can't get away with it. And our whole theory of change and the re the, where we've seen the biggest dramatic decrease in these kind of crimes is where criminals start to get, they started to get uh, convicted and, and arrested and, and, and put, it, put in, into prison and serving the time uh, that they deserve. And that actually sets this precedent of, hey, we can't get away with this anymore. The, protect, the, the, the justice system is working. And so we work alongside justice systems to strengthen them to the point where actually rescue becomes redundant. Our goal, it would be that we don't have to go on any more rescue operations because there's no one left to rescue because the crime isn't happening in the first place. Um, but in saying that, today, over the last 25 years, we've just hit over 85,000 people rescued out of these situations, which is amazing. But as Christians, uh, the, the question is then, how do we look at this? How do we approach this? And I, I think the creation account gives us a really... Uh, a really good glimpse into God's heart for humanity. Uh, when we see how God set up the world, when we see how God designed and created and formed humanity, it provides us with this cornerstone truth, uh, which is really key to how we approach this space of biblical justice. And that is that every single person bears in them what we call the Imago Dei, the image of God, that they, the, they have the fingerprint, the DNA of God, on their very soul. And this is so important for us to, to capture and for us to understand because we see that every single person has intrinsic value. Every person, no matter background, creed, race, gender, everyone bears that image of God. Uh, but we know in that creation account how quickly that fell apart. We, we know how quickly sin got in. Humanity is bent towards brokenness, bent towards self. And, and that birthed sin and it birthed injustice. And so we put uh, trusting self over trusting God, and that ultimately birthed this, this, this injustice uh, in each and every one of us. Injustice is primarily outworked and expressed in the abuse of power, when someone uses strength to take and oppress someone else. And so that could be power, uh, whether it's a position of, of being, a, a, whether in government or as a coach or a teacher or a parent, these are all different forms of power which can be abused. IJM's definition of injustice is what happens when someone else uses their power to take from someone else the good things God intended them to have, their life, their liberty, their dignity, the fruit of their love or their labor. 
as we mentioned, uh, we were in Cebu uh, just last month, and, and Cebu right now is one of the major hotspots around the world for this crime of OSEC, the online exploitation of children. Um, and one of the days on this trip, we got to do a drive through this community called Lapu Lapu, uh, which particularly within Cebu is, is, is even one of the hotspots within Cebu where a lot of this content is being produced. Uh, this is the very community where a young boy named Aaron, and we've got a picture of Aaron, um, where Aaron was, was rescued out of, uh, of this kind of slavery as a two-year-old. Aaron was two years old when Philippine authorities rescued him from his own father, whose name was Derek, who was a German national living in the Philippines since 2018. Um, Reports show that Derek would entice other mothers as well and their children into his home. So he was not only live streaming the abuse of, of, of his children, but also other children in the community as well. Uh, German and Australian authorities, and, and I know we've probably got some people in the room even who work for, uh, for some of the Australian uh, side of this, and this is a, which is so amazing. Uh, they caught wind of, of some of this kind of content that Derek was producing and alerted the Philippine National Police, uh, which led to an operation which, which rescued first two of the children that he was abusing, and then that subsequently led to the, uh, the arrest of, of Derek. They found him and the rescue of his own son, Aaron, and that was on July 9th, 2019, only a few years ago. Amazing, hey? Uh, I've got some photos, actually, of that trip from Cebu. Uh, if you guys can throw that up. Um, this is me uh, in the middle. Uh, I'm next to a very good-looking man. Uh, this was Patrolman Jerome. Uh, he's my age. I got a photo of him because he's 32. I'm 32. I thought that was nice. Uh, he works for the Philippine National Police and, uh, and, and is, is on the front line of a lot of these operations. But at its very core, the question is, 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 is just, well, what is justice? Right? We talk about injustice. We know this is injustice. And we can all have different connotations of what justice means. It could look like you know, a lot of the, the term gets thrown around social justice. And, and it's kind of a blanket term we use for a lot of different mercy, compassion kind of ministry. But, but what does that even mean? Where sometimes we think of the Justice League. Some of you might think of Batman or Superman and justice in that sense. Uh, some of you might think of justice in terms of the concept of revenge which often can get misconstrued of what, like, we just want justice, and what they really just mean is we want revenge. And that's not justice, really, is it at all? And so what is God's perspective of justice? What is true biblical justice? And if I was to boil it down to God's heart in terms of what is true justice, it is about making things right again. That's, that's, God, that's God's perspective, to restore something to its proper place. What, a G, what Jesus accomplished on the cross deals with both the root of injustice, which is uh, the broken part of humanity, the sin issue, but also the fruit of injustice, which is broken human relationships, broken systems and, and ways of doing life and, and ways that how we operate in government or in personal world. And bro it's broken relationships. And only in the cross is there a complete sufficient answer to deal with this whole area of injustice because it deals with both the root of the issue, which is broken humanity, and the fruit of the issue, which is broken human relationships. And God wants to restore the world to its proper place. God wants to bring redemption. God's desire is restoration, not just to uh, uh, the world on a, on a global scale, but us on an individual level. God, want, God is a God of restoration. He wants to restore our hearts. He wants to restore marriages, families. God wants to restore com whole communities. God wants to restore Canberra. God wants to restore Australia. God wants to restore every part 
of his world to its originally intended design. I have found that the currents of the kingdom of God flow towards the world, not away from it. When you think of that picture in Ezekiel 47 of the river that flows from the temple of God, the river is not flowing into the temple. It's flowing out of the temple. It's flowing towards the Dead Sea, which represents the world. The current, God's currents, God's flow, the, 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 the movement of the kingdom is out of the temple to the world. We are called to be representatives of this gospel of reconciliation of heaven and earth under Christ. The kingdom of God isn't something we're escaping to. The kingdom of God isn't something we're, 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 we're waiting for the spaceship to go to. We've got our ticket. We're, we're, wait, we're, wait. God, get us out of this place. Rescue us. The kingdom of God is something being revealed and restored through all areas of society. When we receive Christ, it's not, a, it's not about us getting into heaven. It's about heaven getting into us. That's the truth. It's about heaven in us. It's Christ in us. And that will have a consequence. Yes, our eternal destination does shift. But the, the, the real prayer, when Jesus, when the disciples came to, you know, to Jesus to teach us how to pray, he didn't say, hey, I want you to pray that people get into heaven. That was not the prayer he taught the disciples to pray. The prayer he taught the disciples to pray was pray heaven on earth, not earth in heaven. And so it changes our perspective when it things of seek first the kingdom of God. It's about seeking the kingdom here and now in our world. We're not waiting for something to pass away. We're asking that God would use us to be ambassadors and conduits and vessels of his light and grace and his justice to the world wherever we are. Amen. Amen. Freely as we have received, freely we give. I love, I love the line in that, in that video that says, hope in action is the most powerful force in the world. Love that. Hope is powerful, right? But it's hope in action. Hope that, that acts on that something. We, we have this great hope in Christ. And out of that hope, we can take steps towards seeing that hope manifest in people's lives. Uh, I love this scripture in, in 2 Corinthians 3 and verse 12. It says this, Therefore, since we have such a hope, and such a hope we do have, right? Therefore, since we have such a hope, we are very bold. I don't know, did anyone feel bold this morning? Sometimes I don't feel bold. I'm going I'm to confess. Sometimes I feel the opposite of bold. But can I tell you, when we have, when we, when we really, when we think about the hope, the eternal hope we have in Christ, the hope that he gives this world, suddenly that stirs something in me. That stir, it should stir something in us that, hey, we can take courageous steps. We can take bold steps of obedience to Christ because of that hope that we have. I, I, I'm not like a physicist, just personal confession, and I'm not sure if there's any physicists in the room, but what I know about uh, this idea of, 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 of physics is that darkness cannot enter light. Did you know that? Darkness physically cannot enter light because darkness is nothing. It's an absence of something. The only way for darkness to shift is for light to enter darkness. Has to. That's how darkness changes, not by entering light, but by light entering darkness. And this is exactly what Jesus did. He entered the darkness. He disrupts the darkness. He disrupts the darkness of our lives. He acted long before we ever could. And, and he is calling us to be that same light that moves towards darkness. It's not waiting for darkness to come in. We're taking light into the darkness. 
I want to finish. Um, there's an amazing parable. You may have heard it called the, the Good Samaritan. And I, I don't have time to read the whole parable, but it's this amazing story of this, of this man who is walking on the, on the road and he gets robbed. He gets attacked. There's this, there's this act of violence against him. And this parable tells this story about how these two religious figures, a, a Pharisee and a, and a Levite, both walk past and, and, and ignore the man, walk past on the other side. But then this Samaritan man, this man who was totally unexpected to do anything about this situation, he was the one that saw this man and and cared for him, put him on his own donkey, took him to an inn, paid the innkeeper out of his own expenses and loved and showed mercy on this man that had been attacked. And Jesus used this illustration to say, hey, this is what it looks like to love your neighbor. And And he commends him, go and do likewise, disrupt the darkness. And I want to leave you with just two thoughts. One is having the eyes of Christ. Having the eyes of Christ. Having the eyes of Christ. It's so easy, and it would have been easy for this man to look away like the two religious guys did. Be easy to ignore the need, to ignore the brokenness in our world, to ignore the darkness. But having the eyes of Christ means we don't look away. When others look away, we don't. One of my favorite scriptures in 2 Corinthians says that we, from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. In other words, when we see the world, we're not seeing with human eyes. We're seeing with the eyes of Christ. And I'm, I'm encouraging. And that's my prayer for myself and for, every, uh, for this community is that we would see. We would see our own area, but we'd see our world with the eyes of Christ. We wouldn't look at cultural lines. We wouldn't look at past uh, behaviors that have led this person to this point. We don't, we're not looking at that. We're looking with Christ's eyes of mercy. And secondly, that we would have the hands of Christ. We would take the responsibility. We would be like the Samaritan who was not expected to help. He was probably the least likely person that anyone would have expected to help this this person who had been robbed. But you know what's amazing is we can surprise people with unexpected kindness. And that's what Christ did. He constantly went, he, he broke the social norms. He went over those lines and he did what others um, wouldn't have expected him to. He moved towards darkness. I can grab the, uh, the musicians back. I'll just even our keys, brother. He's very handsome. Um, and so my, my, my heart this morning, and I'm going to hand back to James, is that we would be people, we would be a community that both globally and locally and everywhere in between, we would be people who move towards darkness, not away from it. We see it and we respond in the way Christ sees it and responds. There's a QR code on the screen I want to just um, draw your attention to. I know we're all probably a bit QR-coded out. This is a really simple one. This, um, if, if, you, if you've got your phones, grab them out. This is just a link to our, uh, our page on our IJM site where you can sign up to uh, be a part of our prayer army. I want to encourage you because I know as a church, you're doing amazing things to, to collectively give and be encouraged that James and Tam have taken serious thought with, with their team of how they can do this and do this as a community, and that's beautiful. What I love on an individual level is how, how can you can move it move towards darkness is, is spiritually you can join the fight. And I, I, please hear me, this is not token by any means. Sometimes we can we see this, oh, yeah, pray for us. I'm not asking you to just pray for us. I'm asking pray. So when we were there in the Philippines, we, we were in the car, we were hearing stories as we were driving through that community of Lapu-Lapu where Aaron was rescued out of. And they would tell stories of how, and the, the, I don't know if you've ever been to communities like this, but they are rabbit warrens. They are densely winding mazes of house upon house, house upon house, 
If you, if you don't know your way out, you don't know your way out. It's very hard to navigate. And they're trying to find these children like needles in a haystack. And they would constantly account of these moments of where they're just waiting and they feel like they've lost their, the person they're trying to find or the, the person they're trying to arrest. And then there's these divine intervention moments happening at every corner, miracle moments that happens because our ministry, both internally and externally, is being, has been set up in a way that depends on God depends on God. So I'd encourage you, please, please sign up. Get the prayer request come through. Be a, be, a, be a part of that prayer army so you can get your own heart uh, locked in and entwined to what God is doing in these communities. And, uh, and these prayers are so significant. Uh, we're literally, one, two prayers can literally change the course of someone's life. And, uh, and so I encourage you to do that. But why don't you stand to your feet? Let me just pray over you. When you, if you're feeling that stirring to, to move towards the darkness, even in your own world, whatever that looks like, have the eyes of Christ, the hands of Christ, I think I'd encourage you just to lift your hands. Just close your eyes, open up your hearts. Let me pray. Lord, right now, I thank you for this incredible community. I thank you for the call, the purpose you've laid on this house to be a house, Lord, that isn't afraid of darkness, but moves courageously, boldly towards it because of the hope they have. I thank you for James and Tam. Lord, I thank you for your hand on their lives, on their leadership of this community. I thank you, Lord, for the testimonies that will come in years to come of the light that has been brought to this community. I thank you that the foundation is strong. I thank you the foundation is strong. Thank you. The foundation is strong. It's strong. It's strong. It's strong. It's strong. It's strong. I just, I just feel to encourage you. The foundation of this house is strong. It's strong. And there comes a point in any construction where it shifts from foundation down to, to building up. And I see that shift taking place. I see it taking place. The foundations are strong building will be great in Jesus' name. We'll give you all the honor. Amen. Come on, why don't we give the Lord a hand? Awesome. Hey, can we thank Mitch for that very insightful, incredible guy for us to be able to move towards activity. Can we just keep in a space of prayer just for a couple more moments? And um, if you want to just close your eyes, we'll put your hands out in front of you and... Um, just following what Mitch just said, how can we be light moving towards darkness? I just think in that moment of reflection, probably in your world right now, if we were to redefine injustice to making things right, you could probably think of people even in your community, thinking of kids in schools where someone's being bullied. You see someone being left out and it's not right. There's things you could do in the next couple of weeks of just showing kindness and compassion and mercy. Maybe in a, in a work situation where you can see that someone's being ostracized and marginalized and you could actually go and bring kindness, compassion. So just take a moment now. Let the Lord speak to you about something you practically can do.
a family member that's been kind of labeled the black sheep and everyone else avoids them, but you could get on the phone this week and re-engage compassion and mercy. Heavenly Father, make us light. Let us be a part of your work of making all things right. That on the great day when the King returns to truly make all things good and whole, Lord, you will look to us and say, well done, good and faithful servants. Help us to be bringers of light into each and every day. I'm also aware that in a congregation of this size, there are maybe people here even that you yourself have found yourself in a situation that is not right where you've found yourself in a situation where you've been hurt, abused, and it's not right. You're not sure what to do about that. I just encourage you at the end of this service to make yourself known to one of our leadership team, to myself, Tam, or one of the leadership team in hell. Let us help you take a next step of making things right. Father, for anyone that has been in a situation of deep injustice in their life and that this presentation may have surfaced pain and hurt, Lord, we just pray for your Holy Spirit as you've continued to journey with them in the healing process that, Lord, you come now. And Father God, anything that is surfaced here, Lord, comes with your presence and your peace. Amen. Amen. Can we praise God together one more time for His Word and helping us continue to be light? Father, we thank You. Amen. As Mitch said, um, the QR code is still up. And so if you do feel you can partner with this organization in prayer, I strongly encourage us all to take part in that. I know our intercessory team have a new job. Wonderful. We're always looking for more things to pray for. And, um, and for some of you who took my challenge of seven days of just beginning the day being filled with the Spirit, and now you want to step into the next space of now taking that place to pray. And sometimes you're like, what can I pray for? Your kingdom come, your will be done. What does that mean? That means we pray for these things. Now, as a church, as I said, we are reaching others with love and that's because of our combined generosity and we partner with IJM financially as a church because of everything. But there are some here that beyond your weekly tithe, you also have other finances that you've been looking to give towards. Can I just strongly recommend this is a great organisation that you could partner with before the end of the financial year. Um, And uh, it would be good for you just to consider that as an individual or as a, as a family, how you can further give into that space. Amen. Amen. How are we feeling? I feel hopeful. I feel like God's going to do something in this space. Why don't we pray for Mitch and IJM 
and uh, the great team. Father, we thank you for IJM and for Mitch here who represents them today. Father, we pray for your ongoing covering. Lord, we particularly lift up those on the field right now. Father, we see uh, where they may be, even in their own physical sense, uh, in, in a place of danger. We pray protection and covering right now. Father, Lord, where you are bringing light into the darkness, we thank you the darkness will not overcome it. And so, Father, we just pray for your guidance and wisdom Lord God, from the top of the organization's strategic thinkers all the way down to the field, Father God, of those implementing it, we pray for great strategy and unity and peace and strength. Father, we thank you for Mitch and his beautiful family and the wonderful church of C3SYD that he is a part of. We pray your favour and blessing on Sydney and on them and all the work they're doing locally. And we thank you for them in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Thanks for listening to today's message. If you have any prayer needs, email prayer at c3monash.org.au or connect with us online.